0: If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with you guys for yet another episode of the show. This is episode 130 of the Game Time Guru Podcast. Appreciate all my listeners that have been here since the beginning and anybody who's new. So if you are new to the show, welcome aboard. Uh, I appreciate you checking out the show. Um, If you could, please go give me a rating and a review on my podcast, on Apple Podcasts, or any podcast platform that you listen to it on. Uh, It really helps me out. And feel free to follow me on any of my social media platforms such as Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm on there. I'm pretty active on those those platforms. I love discussing things with new people, any sports fan um, around the world. I love talking with y'all. One thing I did want to make mention is, hey, guys, I'm reading this book right now called It Takes What It Takes. And it's about how to think neutrally in, in sports business life and everything. And one of those things I wanted to let you guys know is, you can listen to that as well or you can read it by listening to it as an audiobook. and you can use my audible free trial link and uh, go to audibletrial.com slash the game time guru get a 30 day free trial and uh, check that out if you want to read that it's super cool it's about a it's a, a coach who works with athletes you guys might have heard me talk about him already on my social platforms but he's a coach that works with athletes like Russell Wilson teaching them the mental side of the game which I thought was fitting because today I'm going to introduce my guest. His name is Diamond Hall, and he has a lot of experience in the mental side of the game. So, Diamond, thanks so much for joining the show, man.
1: And I appreciate you having me, Shane.
0: Man, uh, I'm super excited to have you because your angle, I guess, that you've taken in, into the baseball world and into the business world is a little bit different. I should say it's, it's not the uh, traditional style of coaching, but I want to get to know you a little bit better so that we can let the guests know who you are, and then we'll kind of dive into what your skill set is. So, Diamond... You're, you're into the sport of baseball. What's your baseball background? Let's flash back to when you started playing ball. How, how old were you when you started getting into the baseball game?
1: Man, when I started playing, I was, I was a junior in high school. So I started playing late. Okay. I, yeah. That's way I, late. Yeah. I was, I was a football guy beforehand, had a neck injury where I found out I had congenital stenosis, which is like, it's like narrowing of fluid in your spine. So I went head on with somebody from the neck down. I was temporarily paralyzed, man. And, um, from, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, though, because I was able to transition into baseball. Football and baseball are two different beasts. Football, you can be upset. You can be kind of a little bit out of control. But in baseball, it's the complete opposite. So for me, that transition from going from from football to baseball, like I knew I had to to figure out something, something different. And it, it ended up turning out to be the mental side of the game, man.
0: Mental side of the game. So you stuck with baseball, though, like into your college days, too, then as a player. So you made that transition late, relatively speaking, to like most athletes going into the baseball side of things. What was your – as a player, I mean, you obviously – we'll talk about the mental side of things, but as a player, what was your experience going from high school to the college levels, knowing that you didn't have a ton of experience at the baseball game in in, in high school? How did you go into the college realm?
1: Um, dude, it was, it was different. I mean, every level you go up, it's like, it's just a different, it's a different beast. So my transition from going from high school to college, I went to a JUCO. So I didn't go straight from high school to a Division One because that's a huge jump there. So I got an opportunity to go to a JUCO and then transition my way into a Division One. But I would say the biggest thing was, was understanding that everybody was at the same level physically. Like in high school, when I made that transition from football to baseball, like I was the biggest dude, strongest guy, fastest guy got the college everybody in my position was like like right here so it really I mean dude it really came down to the mental side of the game that's what it that's what it came down to that's the separator. at the end of the day that's
0: super interesting because that was going to be my next question was like how what was the toughest part about transitioning in there and I've heard that before from guys who have played at the collegiate level and then go up even in various levels of the collegiate level like yourself starting out at, out of juco even then um, especially in baseball, have you, sometimes in basketball, but especially in baseball, there's a lot of good baseball players at the JUCO level. There really are like, because there's just there's a surplus of baseball players across the country. And a lot of those JUCOs have a lot of good players. They might be playing JUCO for one reason or another. It might be somebody who might not have had a, a lot of experience, but was super athletic and just good at the game. Could be somebody who's working on their grades. Could be some, There's various reasons people play at a JUCO level, but the baseball system, there's a lot of good players there. So I've heard that when they make the jump to the next level, and then you go into the next level of, of collegiate baseball or collegiate sports, which you know could be division one, two, whatever it may be. And it's even more so difficult because everybody's at the same level. You might be a superstar in high school, but guess what? Everybody's at that level now. So I, I like that you mentioned like the, the mental side of things became that much more important. Now you started the JUCO. Did you finish at a JUCO? Like did you did you continue your, your playing days later at a
1: different school? Yeah. So I went to a JUCO for two years and then okay. after that I transitioned to a division one down south. And there is so when I was supposed to get drafted, 250,000, man. And I, uh, I tore my ACL seven games in the season. I was hitting like 375, tore my ACL, came back here in Ohio, did surgery with the Reds. Then I, then I went back and I didn't hit like I should have, man. Uh, so after that, I ended up finishing my career at a Division Two, Georgia Southwestern, um, down, down close to about two hours south of, uh, of Atlanta. Okay, okay. Let's
0: let's take a second real quick. You mentioned you tore your ACL. For any athlete out there that goes through an injury, especially a serious one, when you're competing at a high level, that's devastating. I don't think people realize that, at, at least the general public. They don't realize how devastating an injury like that can be because you know you're in the college level of, of baseball at that point your years are limited as far as how much more you got left before you could potentially get to the next level. And your opportunities are limited at that point. So you have to take advantage of every opportunity you're given. And when you have an injury like that, it can kind of derail you a little bit. So I'm curious to hear from you, Diamond, someone who's been there, how did you recover mentally from that? How, what did you have to do in your mind when you went through that You know, ACL injury? You're in college. You wanted to make it to the next level. How did you get yourself back to even want to play, even though it was a, at a different school? How did you get yourself back mentally, not just physically, but mentally?
1: Man, I would say I, had, I, I have to give the credit to, um, to my physical therapist because at the end of the day, like you can't do anything in your own. If I would have went through that whole process by myself, I don't know if I would have been able to do it simply because you don't know the things that you have to be focusing on. You don't know the things that are, that are to come, but having him there with me, his name is Andrew. I think he's like the, uh, I think he's the head guy for the Reds now. Um, oh, but- wow. And at this time he wasn't yet. Like he was still in his younger years. So I was lucky to have him throughout that process, man. I, I give all the credit to him. That's awesome, man. Shout out to him. You said his name is Andrew? Andrew.
0: Okay. Awesome. Shout yep. out to him. So that's, that's, that's kind of interesting to hear from yourself. Like you had help along the way. It wasn't like you were doing it on your own. And I think a lot of athletes need to hear that if you happen to go through an injury, Unfortunately, like an unfortunate injury like that, make sure you have someone side by side with you, like to, to help you. Sometimes it's really hard to do that yourself because it can put you into a depression. It can put you, you know, you just get negative thoughts typically when you go through injuries like that. But it's cool to hear that you finished out your career playing. but I'm curious to hear what happened next. When did you decide that you wanted to kind of help, you know, take your, your skills from baseball and your, your knowledge of baseball and the, and the mental side of it? When did you decide that you wanted to move from being, you know, the playing side of it to more of the consulting coaching side of it?
1: So I, I kind of knew while I was playing, man. Okay. The, at the, and the reason why is because I'd read so many different books, studied so many different things, reached out to mentors, the authors of different books. I remember reading Relentless and then like uh, reaching out to Tim Grover and telling him like, man, I feel like you wrote this book about me. Um, did the same thing with all of the uh, like Ken Revisa, Heads Up Baseball. Um, and And, you know, as I was making that transition from football to baseball and I had that that stage where I was just studying like hours and hours and hours on like the mental side of baseball, the mental side of hitting, um, peak performance, like leadership, like everything that I was studying, like I knew I wanted to do that in some way, shape, form, or fashion after I got done playing. But I didn't know how it was going to turn out. And at that time, you know, being in college, I thought I was going to be playing for like the next next fifteen years. So once that came to an end, I think I think I reached out to. Um, or I had a conversation with with Jeff Mercer who was the head coach at WKU Western Kentucky and he was recruiting me while I was in high school um, and we had a conversation he was always big on the mental side of the game and then he was like dude I'm at Wright State now let's 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 bring you on staff here and let's do something that's never been done before
0: okay so you're so we're we're going over to Wright State what year is this that you're at Wright State helping out from that perspective
1: this was 2 years ago so it was 2017 2018
0: Okay. So you're over there. Um, what would you say your title was necessarily over there? Like it was the first time you'd been, they had implemented someone like yourself there to help with that. But what was the title? Uh, what was your role?
1: I think it was, it was mental skills development coordinator, mental, mental game development coordinator or peak performance coordinator. Okay. Of, it was the first time in history that it had been done in college baseball, man. So it was a good opportunity. Super interesting. Okay. So tell us,
0: Diamond, what was one of the things that you, I guess, um, at, in that role, first time had been implemented, what did you do to help the, the players um, from the mental side of things? We hear you say, okay, well, I'm, I can help with the mental side of things. What exactly does that mean so we can have a better understanding of, like, you know, one of the players is needing some assistance. What did you do without giving away the book, you know, like giving away everything, all your
1: secrets? But What was one of the ways that you helped them out? Man, the biggest thing was just treating it like a regular coach. I think uh, – and that's what we did. Like, it was like I was uh, another coach. It wasn't like um, – it wasn't like uh, – how to explain it. Like it wasn't like a mental health. It wasn't in that category. It wasn't in like the, the psychology category where you go in and you, you have a conversation. It wasn't like the counseling. It was like, like I'm on the field every single day treating you just like I'm treating everybody else. We're talking about what you can be doing in this situation, this situation, this situation um, and breaking it down only from a mental standpoint. So everything that came out of my mouth was something that had to do with the mental side of the game.
0: So, That's interesting. You say that because earlier I I mentioned in the introduction, I'm reading this book called it takes what it takes. And it's about thinking neutrally. And um, it's all about your mindset as far as like, not thinking negatively, not thinking over positively, but like controlling what you have in that specific moment in life. Um, And and he references sports because the author is the guy who does this coaching for like Russell Wilson and other football teams uh, and stuff. And so it was interesting that you're saying that because it's kind of, as I've been reading that book, my mind's been shifting a little bit and I started thinking about my history in sports, like in basketball, like I miss a shot and I get pissed. And so I'm like, furious with myself and it actually messes me up mentally because i can't focus on the next play the next play the next play because i'm so screwed up in my mind about what i did just now i was like oh man well i missed that three so that's going to put us down here that's two possessions i just ruined because i did this and then i'm not focusing on the rebound so it's interesting because now i'm thinking man i can think of this moment right here this 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 so it comes down to like planning it out and understanding these situations these scenarios so when you were on the baseball field helping these players out did you like i guess at practice diamond would you ask them like you know at least go through scenarios so they, they understood so when that scenario actually occurred it on the field when they were actually playing it was almost yeah. as if they've already been there because you kind of prepared them for that
1: absolutely and we would we would cover these things in practice man i think that was the biggest thing so for example a guy's hitting vp in practice he hits uh he hits a bomb he hits another bomb and then he pops up and obviously just like you said when you're a competitor man i mean you get pissed off sometimes but it's a yeah. matter of like pointing out those moments specifically, like exactly when they happen, and like addressing them right then and there. because that's the thing that most people, at least in the in the mental skills space, like they'll wait until later. But I was like, no, we're gonna treat this as a coaching position. We're gonna call out everything that happens, but not just call them out, but then give them what they need to do the next time that situation happens to your to your point. So preparing them for every single uh, for every single thing that came up during practice was the biggest piece awesome that way they were prepared for it when it
0: came to to be i think that's what's super important everybody i think people mainly understand that like practice is that's what it's for so that you can prepare for these situations but not everybody practices the correct way you know and when you do stuff like that and you prepare them from the mental side of things how to prepare themselves mentally when a situation occurs in an actual game time game type situation that's super important i don't think everybody realizes that like the mental side of things is huge because the Mm -hmm. psychological impact that a a mistake if you will that that you make when you make a mistake in a game of any sport for that matter or i guess in life if if you will a mistake Mm -hmm. can have a psychological impact so brutal to an individual and it can just steamroll like you know steamroll out of control right if you're not prepared for how to handle that situation so it's cool to see that they had someone like yourself i actually I mean, honestly, I wish my coaches growing up at the high school level could have prepared me a little bit more because at that level, you're like, you have a lot of weight on your shoulders. You're trying to get to the next level. And if you, you know, you're fighting for playing time, you're fighting for popularity at your school. I almost wish we would have had somebody like yourself, an expert in that field, because it would have helped us get past those like additional mental pressures that we had in game type situations. Now, Diamond, you said you worked with this team what was the next step in your career as you know like a mental consultant a mental health not a mental health consultant a mental skills consultant in the sport yep. of baseball what was the next step
1: the next step was me for me was moving in the online space because while I was there um man I just it was it was awesome and the guys that they took it in I mean we got a championship out of it I mean it was just one of the best one of the best experiences for, I think, myself, for the team, for the coaching staff. But while I was there, I came at a crossroads where I was like, okay, I can stay on staff here and the income and the impact be limited to 35 guys and whatever, you know, that, that, that pay was at that point in time. Or, or I can start studying guys in the online industry, you know, internet marketers, like guys like Brendan, Brendan Bouchard, Russell Brunson, Tony Robbins, and see how they do things and then take what I have and take the knowledge that that I know can impact these people based on the results that we got and move that to the, to the online space so I can impact people around the world. So that was the mentality that I had after like that summer, after we had that first season doing it, it was great, but it was like, all right, you know, that's, that's done. Now how can I like take this to the next level and make this a bigger thing? Because at the end of the day, for me, there was a weight on my shoulders, knowing that, knowing that there were so many guys out there and like baseball that, were like, that, that needed what we, were, what we were putting on the table for our guys. So it, it, was, it was an interesting time, man, but I took that leap of faith, and then here we are.
0: Oh, man, that's actually really cool to hear that. So what I tell people all the time, and that's one of the points, I'm, like I made this show three years ago, and, and one of my biggest things was I wanted to bring people like yourself onto the show, use this as a platform to show others that like athletes and sports are not just, you know, athletes are not just dumb jocks. They're not dumb jocks yourself. You have this skill set, this knowledge that you acquired through your years of playing and then your year, you know, of coaching at that level. And you realize you had the skill set that you had acquired through through, you know, playing sports and, and understanding life in general and living your life. And now you're looking to serve others with that. So it's not just a bunch of quote unquote dumb jocks. I hate that. I hate that phrase when people call them dumb jocks because they're not like someone like yourself is highly intelligent and you're looking to serve others. So you take this and you wanted to reach other people and serve other people outside yeah. of just the the sphere that you were in and you started going to the online space. So first things first, I got to like, but I'm getting kind of blinded by your ring. What is that ring? Is that one of your championship rings you were
1: referring to? Yeah. So this is the one that we got, um, we got at right, State, man. We went to Stanford's regional. We, I mean, we went 39, 17, took Stanford to like, I think we took them to 14 innings that year. I mean, we were, we had some monsters on the team and like we had some, um, how to explain it like so our recruiting model we looked for guys who were like wrestlers football players like multiple sport athletes and the goal was to like bring those guys in and then have these athletes these high-level athletes and give them the mental side of the game and put the physical side and the physical side together dude we had some we had some absolute monsters but yes this came from um from that year man
0: that's so awesome man good for you guys that's so sick those are memories that you'll always have going forward um now I got to make sure we touch base on the next step. You go onto the mm-hmm. online space oh, yeah. and you're, you're working with that. Mm-hmm. What was the next step for you? Because I've heard of this thing called the hitters black book. And so I I, yep. I saw you, I met you in Nashville about a year and a half, well a year and two months ago, a year and a month ago. I don't know a year ago. Actually it was a year ago this week. If I'm remembering correctly, so it was like a year ago. I, I finally officially met you over there. Um, and then I started following you and I heard about this hitters black book and stuff. So let's talk about that. So you get on the online space. I want to see how you're making an impact on the, in the online space. Have you?
1: So after I jump into the, the online space, I created the, um I created a one-on-one coaching program. So I would do that through zoom. Like we're doing right now with guys across the country, guys in the pirates organization, but it was all one-on-one and that was like the beginning stage. So uh, while I was inside of that stage, it was more so of uh, me making sure that I was getting used to it and still delivering results online once I figured out I could do that. then it was like, OK, how can I take this to the next level where it's where everything is automated? Um, so the, that was when I was like, I mean, immersing myself in in books like um, like expert secrets, dot com secrets, studying Brendan Bouchard, studying Russell Brunson, studying um, studying um, Tony Robbins. Um, and through that, through studying them, I came across, you know, when I came across uh, Russell Brunson, uh, what was it? It was the, the funnel hacking live funnel hacking yeah. live. and I went ahead and I was like, you know what? I've learned so much from him, just how he talks about telling stories, talking about offers, how to package everything and for marketing space, I've got to go to this event. So I get to that event and then, um, man, that was the, that was the, that was the game changer for me. Um, I went there I spent my last literally I spent my last thousand dollars like in my pocket to get there got there um had like five dollars in my pocket man and it, it was like the knowledge that I gained there the people who I met came across Garrett White there who's who's now the mentor um if I wouldn't have went dude I never would have met him and he dude he took everything to the next level um and so from there literally after that it was like okay how can I take what I'm doing to the next level for these guys who I'm serving? How can I optimize everything? How can I automate everything? How can I create more, um, more info products that they can actually have and use? Um, so after that, which is, this is last year at this time, dude, like last year at this time, 365 days ago, like I'm sitting here trying to figure out like finding the design team, finding this, creating the, the template for the hitters black book. Um, and so I ended up creating it, man. And ended up made it, ended up making it. And, um, Three months later, ended up selling it online. And at this time too, before I even go into when I started selling it, at this time too, I created the online course. So basically it went Funnel Hacking Live. That was this shift in my mind for me, limiting beliefs gone. I know exactly what I need to do for my audience. And boom, created the Hitters Black Book, created the online, the four week online course. And two, three months later, ended up selling them both. And I've, I've made the most income and impact that I've ever made in my life. since wow. then. And now that's it's like, okay, how can I, how can I grow this even more? It's just a continuous leveling up process.
0: Okay. Okay. So we're going to get to that in just a second. Are you still selling the hitters black book right now? Oh yeah. That's, that's an, that's an automation mode. Okay. So tell us about the hitters black book. So you talked about, you, you wrote this book, went along with one of your courses that you put together, um, yeah. utilizing some of the knowledge that you already had in this, in the,
1: the, the world of baseball. Tell us about the hitters black book. What is that about? So it's actually not even a, it's not an actual book that you read. It's more so, I don't like to even call it a journal. It's more so of a self-study system. So i put together a system that allows, that allows hitters to use this throughout the course of the season. So they can stay consistent, keep the momentum going, know what to focus on when it comes to the mental side of the game. Um, and so they're like writing it every single day, before every single game, during every single game, after every single game. And they know exactly what areas to focus on. Um, And, and dude, the results that we've been able to get from this have been incredible. Uh, We got guys from Stanford using it, LSU, Ole Miss, Arkansas, guys in professional baseball, uh, Seattle Mariners, uh, New York Yankees, Cincinnati Reds. Um, We've we've spread it pretty far, man.
0: Man, that's so cool. Like, just for the listeners out here, like I said, I met Diamond last year at Funnel Hacking Live. I kind of kept an eye just, like, following you on social media, saw that this thing came out. I've been rooting for you ever mm. since just kind of like seeing the progression that you made in the business side of things, entrepreneurial side of things, super, super like inspiring and super cool to see it. And like, and then I just saw you a couple weeks ago back in Nashville and I'm like, dude, this guy's starting to get it. Like you could kind of tell, and I didn't know the backstory. Like I didn't know what you're, you know, you would spent your last thousand. I didn't know that. That's a, that's a story that you can tell later on. You know what I mean? Like that's to get there and how that actually shifted your mindset completely. Uh, you met people that you wouldn't have met before. Garrett White's one of them. Name dropping Garrett White. If you guys haven't ever heard of Garrett White, uh, check him out. It's pretty intense. Uh, he's really? not for everyone because some people can't take the language, but uh, Garrett White is an absolute stud in my sure. opinion. Um, So I'm glad that you got to meet him and and utilize his teachings as well. That is so freaking cool. So course goes out The hitters, black books out. You're learning the online space. You're learning the entrepreneurial stuff. What would you say? I I want to touch base on this through your, your, your set in baseball, your experience in baseball diamond, both as a player and as a coach, what would you say is one of the parallels? What's something that you can, that you were able to take from that? Besides your your knowledge, I should say, what was one of the skills you learned in sports that you could take into the business world when you were doing all this marketing and learning the direct response marketing game, I guess?
1: Persistency, tenacity, uh, relentlessness. And I think that sums it up, man. Because oh, wow. in this game, dude, like it's not the business game. It's, you have to take that exact same mindset That that that, at least for me, I had to take the exact same mindset that I had in sports, which was... You know, I'm going to figure out a way to be the best possible version of myself that I can possibly be. And I'm willing to do the work required in order to get there. So when I made that transition, it was the same thing. Like I'm willing to study uh, to study Brennan bruchard's videos and how he's actually staying compelling throughout the course of his videos, and then add that skill to my to my repertoire so I can produce and I can impact my people through the online space in the best way possible. So I was like up at like three am in the morning studying guys like himself, like I said him him, uh, Russell Brunson, t- Tony Robbins, other guys, oh Dean Graziosi can't forget about him. Just just immersing myself in studying. The game and the perfect example of this man is when you think about Kobe like that mama mentality he was somebody who I studied like from the time before I even played baseball um, I would study his interviews watch his interviews saw how he carried himself looked at his mentality how he went about his work what other people were saying about him what his teammates were saying about him and it, especially the, the relentless book by Tim Grover just just continuing to study guys like that like taking those same skills and mindsets and then transitioning them over into the into the business realm, man, has been huge. And it's still tough. It really is. It's still tough because you get to a place where you're like, okay, I've reached a certain level of success. Now I have to kind of reset so I can take it off to the next level and do more.
0: Man, thank you for sharing that because for me, um, I, I, I love that. Okay, so persistence and relentlessness, like just being relentless. One of the things that like, I learned in the sports world, I can relate to that, not to the level of where you're at, I don't think, because you played at a higher level than me, you coached at a higher level than me, and and now you're you know doing a different side of the business. But for me, even just playing the, the sports I competed in and everything and transitioning those, persistence was huge for me. Even with this podcast, for instance, like persistence is like, you know, it's, you just got to keep at it. Um, you got to keep at it, but you can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over. If it's not working, you got to make adjustments where you need to. You got to call an audible every once in a while and say, okay, well, what's the market telling me? Um, okay, this isn't working. You got to keep going, but I love that you referenced Kobe. Uh, I just did a show a couple of weeks ago on Kobe, just kind of what he meant to me and just talking about the Mamba mentality, what that really was, what his work ethic was truly like, even through the ups and downs, you know, people don't realize Kobe wasn't a perfect person and, and he'd be the first to tell you that he had marital issues that were out in the public and this and that, but he still kept going. Uh, he made adjustments where he needed to, he worked hard when everybody was sleeping, he was working um, and he had to make adjustments and he failed a lot too. That's the thing. He didn't always, be, he wasn't always successful. Kobe had terrible shooting games all the time, but he still kept working at it. And so I love that so he was relentless in his attack, just kept going, kept going, kept going. Cause he knew what he could be, he knew what his potential. And you just talking about that. I can kind of see that, especially over the last year. I see exactly what you've been doing. Like you've been putting in the work ups and downs, whatever you you can see from my perspective that you've been able to take your game to the next level in this entrepreneurial journey. Now you said you wanted to reset. Now you got into this level of success, wanted to reset so you can take it to another level. What's next for Diamond Hall?
1: I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking more so of now being able to coach other people who want to do what I do. Um, and not necessarily who want to do what I do, other other mental game coaches, other mental skills coaches, leadership coaches, people who are in the mindset coaching industry and teaching them how to essentially do, do what I was able to do over this past year and have like 10K months, 15K months, because that's something that I never thought was possible. A year ago, dude, I, had, I literally had no money. And so I want to be able to kind of teach them how to do, uh, how to do what I've done, man. And so I think that's the next step. But it's tough for me right now because, you know, I have this I have this huge following and, uh, you know, all of these players who I'm leading who are inside of a lot of the training programs. So I, I feel like I have to systemize this first, like 100% before I start to pivot into that next area. Or, you know, it's been a, kind of a back and forth right now where it's like, okay, I can continue to systemize this while I start to build this over here. Um, and, and I know that, you know, it's always you want to focus on one thing at a time. But man, there's just... It's just such a weight on my shoulders whenever I learn something. Like I feel like I have to give it to someone else who's been in that same position that I was in, trying to get to that next level. Like there's just a weight on my shoulders, shoulders that says, dude, this is your this is what you have to do so you can contribute. And I remember, um, even at Funnel Hacking Live, man, uh, this year when when um when Tony Robbins said that fulfillment comes from growth plus contribution, that stuck with me. And I'd always felt that way before, but I didn't have like the equation that he gave to put to put to that feeling that I was feeling. So, uh, man, after that, dude, that was it was like, okay, it's time to reset again. It's time to move forward. It's time to it's time to take everything to the next level. And so what we've been doing on the back end with with the baseball mindset coaching right now is really trying to turn this into um, into something where it's super automated, where I have other coaches who are kind of able to replace me when I'm not able to do certain things. And essentially, to have somebody else at the forefront of it, or, you know, you know, have a have a group of coaches who are specialized in certain areas uh, around the country, so we can like take this to the next level. And I can essentially scoot over and start coaching, uh, coaching other mindset coaches in the game of business, man. Because whenever you can teach someone else how to make more income and more impact, oh my goodness, like it, it's 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 nothing else like
0: totally man i'm i'm looking forward to seeing how how this pans out for you through the next you know couple months to it to a year hopefully we'll see you next year at funnel hacking live as well so i'm obviously going to stay in touch with you and kind of see how this goes but it kind of as you're talking about it it sort of reminds me of like focusing on the who not the how i mean you have built quite a a a big following um you've you've, you got this 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 system that you have there and it's probably like this in your own head you don't want to just give that up because you've you've impacted so many people and you have that there but maybe you know, almost like a GM in sports. Like you've got to find the right coaches. You got to find the right staff to kind of help manage that side of things. So you don't have to give it up so that you can focus your energy here. Well, you can still dabble in here every once in a while, but your your energy goes over here to the new venture, as long as you have the right team in place to kind of help take over and manage that specific business. So um, I think you're kind of on to that right now. You're focusing on that who, not the how. Try to find some, some, some coaches that could potentially help you out there, still provide value to the customers you already have, in the baseball world while you make the shift and the pivot over to the business side of things and, and helping out on that end. Um man, super cool. And I'm I'm curious. So that we might have to do a follow up interview and, in, you know, a year down the road and see kind of how this 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 oh, shift happens because yeah. I like seeing it as it's going. Um I want to know though, like people love to see the behind the scenes, like how's it working? How's the shift working? What's going on? Is there any way that we can follow you diamond and kind of see what's happening in your life? Like seeing what's going on in the business world. Do you have social media? What, what's, where, where can we follow you? Do you have a show? Do you have a podcast? Do you have a blog? Do you have a website? Where, where can we follow you?
1: So I would say Instagram and Twitter are probably the two biggest places right now. So, okay. And, and those are both diamond hall. So D I A M Y N H A L L. And what I've been, you know, focusing on doing is broadcasting more. I can give people more of a behind-the-scenes. i even thought about creating like a Instagram account strictly for like business owners to where it'd be private, and then I'd have the behind-the-scenes with that, talking about marketing, sales, systems, processes, people. Because right now, if I start talking about those things with the audience that I have, that wouldn't resonate with them. So I'm trying to. That's that's another hard part about it is I'm trying to keep the messaging on point. Uh, for who i'm serving who i'm talking to totally
0: totally understand that that piece of it um i'm a big believer in publishing i'm a big believer in in broadcasting if if you have a way to do it um and starting you know to, to try to find that audience um and help them you know there's a lot of people that can benefit though from your background in sports even if they have no background in sports period i do believe that i think that a lot of business owners a lot of a lot of coaches that, like anybody who's in that space, can can benefit what from what you've learned in sports. So I still think a lot of your stories that you have from the sports background can be applicable, and you can you know find that parallel when you yeah. do provide your coaching services over there. Um, I'm looking forward to, to to following you though. I really am, um, and we'll put the links to your your Instagram and Twitter feeds down here um, in the description when this show is live so people can can go and find you but uh diamond we're excited for you brother Uh, and it's going to be a really fun ride to see where you go now because you've already seen so much success can't wait to see the ups and downs like i think that's the best part of the journey is the ups and downs like i don't want to say oh you're going to fail here i don't want to say that at all but we do know that there's going to be some waves here and there i love seeing people go through those so that they can get to the next level and uh it's gonna be
1: super sick dude but I appreciate it, man. And you might have to help me pull out some of these stories, man, because I forget that sometimes, too. It's like just telling the personal stories. Um, they connect so well sometimes. And, I, you know, usually I'm so focused on teaching. I forget about the story part of things, man. So you got to hold me accountable for that.
0: Oh, I'll hold you accountable, dude. I, if you don't already have a podcast out, I'm going to make sure you get a podcast out, even if it's just five-minute episodes.
1: Dude, that's that's where I want to start if I do start. I feel like that would be the easiest for me. You can show me how to do that, man. I'm oh, in. All right, brother.
0: Um, we'll be in contact after this. I'll try to get you, you know, just up and running. Get your get your stories out there because you can do some big things with the knowledge and the the stories that you already have. I
1: appreciate, so I appreciate
0: you. you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, this was Diamond Hall. He joined us today. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Make sure to go follow him and uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. For me, and uh, leave me a review if you can. And we'll talk to you guys next time.